Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Glory to God. Let's take some time now. We're going to go back into our part two of our sermon from last week. We're dealing with the peace of God. How many had some challenges this, this week? And how many remember the peace of God? How many remember the peace? You received that peace and walked in it. And listen, you're going to have some more challenges this week. But guess what? We have peace. Amen? Peace with God, peace from God, and the peace of God. Father God, I've come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace in the time of need. Lord, I, I approach your throne based on the blood of Jesus. I pray that you'll grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. And Father, I step into those offices that you've called me to, um, both pastor and teacher, and I teach and flow from that, that grace and that, that calling that you placed upon my life May I teach like you have called me to, and let me pastor your people right up into eternity. And Father, I thank you. I give your name all the glory and honor. I thank you for, that, for this word that it will change the lives of, our, of your people. May it cause them to walk in the peace of God like never before. I thank you for empowering them, equipping them with understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. We talked about the um, the peace of God. So today, the message is called Scandalous Peace. Everybody say Scandalous Peace. God's peace is scandalous. And I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to show you how from Scripture. And again, we talked about the three, dimen three dimensions of peace. Peace with God, peace from God, and the peace of God. And so based on Romans 5 verse 1, we know that we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus is our peace. Ephesians 2 says that. He is our peace. He's the prince of peace, Isaiah chapter 6. He is the prince of peace. He is our peace. And so he is the mediator between God and man. Amen? It's he, he's the one that was crushed so that you and I can have peace with God. The worst place you can ever be is on the other side of that peace, which is war with God. And we were all born into sin, and we were born as enemies of God, but he sent Jesus to die in our place so that now we can become called sons and daughters and friends of God. Amen. Everybody say, I'm a friend of God. I'm a child of God. I have his spirit. I have his name. I have his word. And I have his blood. Glory to God. And so now we have peace with God, and that peace is the greatest peace. And that is the message of the gospel, is that God sent Jesus to give us peace with himself. He saved us from our sins. He saved us from our wrath. Y'all got me preaching that at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. We have peace with God. And we saw from Luke chapter 2, verse 14, how the angels at the birth of Christ declared goodwill and peace to all. At the coming of Christ, the first coming, we have peace. Amen. Amen. Peace with God. Ephesians 6, verse 15, we looked at how we have the gospel of peace. Our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Glory to God. And so we got this peace. And again, just revisiting what is this peace? 
Peace is not the absence of conflict. It isn't a life exempt from trouble, but it actually is a, a place of quietness, of oneness, of, of tranquility, completeness, soundness, harmony with God, harmony with each other, the Messiah's peace, the way that leads to salvation or peace, the, the tranquility of state of soul, assurance of our salvation. So when we talk about peace, we're not talking about the absence of trouble. We're talking about the presence of God. Amen. 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 And God sent peace to all the saints. You often will see Peter, Paul, and John often will say, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God. Amen. Amen. A, a, a better translation of peace is um, nothing missing and nothing broken. God has given us nothing. There's nothing missing in our walk with Christ. We're, we're talking about permanent peace. I'm talking about the kind of peace that trumps everything in our lives. Let's go over to Isaiah, I mean, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're talking about peace, scandalous peace, scandalous peace. Philippians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Yes. <laughs> Listen, it, it's a wonderful thing to have children <laughs> and to have them loud in the church. <laughs> Amen. That speaks life, life to our children. I mean, I, I'm still, I've been trying to, ever since I had kids, I've been trying to keep them, you know, together, but I can't. They're just kids. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, they'll grow into it in Jesus' name. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it's wonderful because I remember when, our, when we first became pastor, we, we didn't have any kids. It was all adults. <laughs> but praise God for growth. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, we see Paul, I said it last week, how he's writing from prison. Rick Renner says he's actually writing under, from underneath the prison. They put him underneath the prison and in human waste up to his chest. So he's writing this letter to encourage. Now, he's not literally writing. He's dictating it to one of his sons in the ministry, and they're writing it to the, the, to the people of God. And so if you look at verses 1 through 4, 1 through 3, he, he encourages them to stand firm in the Lord, to, to, to um, be of one in, in unity. And, and something happened in verse 2. We see these two women, there's some type of fighting going on. Some type of fighting. And so Paul is telling them that they are laborers side by side with him in the gospel and that they should, should rest and let them know that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then in verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. So he's reminding them to rejoice despite what's going on. And then he continues. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. For the Lord is at hand. How many know the Lord is at hand? Amen. He's within reach. Amen. His return is upon us. There's going to come a day that he's going to crack the sky and we'll be ready for his return. Amen. That day is upon us. Amen. That is not so far far fetched and it's in the future. It is in the future, but it's closer than we think. Every day that we wake up, we're one day closer to the return of Christ. Amen. And so based on this, Paul begins to instruct them how to deal with worry. In light of the return of the Christ upon us, do not be anxious about anything. 
That, how many of us, that's good news? So, so whenever stuff comes, know that Christ is upon us. Don't allow your circumstances to cause you to be anxious. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. About it. We need to be like Jesus and Jonah who slept through the storm. He's just like, okay. But he says, be anxious for nothing, but by everything, by prayer and supplication. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests, plural, be made known to God. How many of y'all have a lot of requests before the Lord? You should. You should have a lot of things before the Lord. Praying for your children, your grandchildren, your, your business, your, your job, your, your family, your loved ones, your relatives, your enemies. Have that before the Lord. Lay out your requests, plural. You should have multiple requests before the Lord. God enjoys our prayers. He delights in the prayers of the righteous. And so we need to have our prayers before him. He receives them and he enjoys hearing his children, children land out their requests. Notice this. It says, um, be, do not be anxious. Do not worry about anything, but in everything. Everybody say, in everything. In everything. In everything. Uh, it reminds me of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go over there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And if the preacher can find it, we'll be all right. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, I can quote it to you, but I want you to see it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse, let's look at verse 16. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Notice it's in all circumstances. It says, don't, it's not telling us to give thanks for the circumstances, but in the circumstances give thanks. Let's go back over to Philippians 4. So in everything, by prayer and supplications, you find yourself in different stages of life. In those stages, you need to pray. You need to supplicate. You need to petition. But it says, with thanksgiving, clothe your prayers and your petitions with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And this is the scandalous peace of God. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we see God's peace trumping all your circumstances, trumping all your understanding, all your knowledge about the situation. His peace begins to flood you in a way that it protects your heart and your mind while you're going through. It is a weapon. You think about the word scandalous, it's, it means it's like an offense. And so God's peace is an offense to the Satan's circumstances. To the circumstances of life. It, it, it's one thing when you're going through, you're complaining, but when that peace comes, it's like you just kind of like it comes over you and it changes everything. I'm, I, I shared this at the eight o'clock service. There was a lady, and, and I'm not telling you what to do. You, you, you have to be led by the Spirit and seek the wisdom of God for your circumstances. But there was a, a man who, who had cheated on his wife and his wife found out about it. And she went to confront him. 
and she was about to cuss him out. And they're both Christians. I think he was a pastor. And as she went to go give her, him a piece of her mind, all of a sudden she writes about the peace of God overshadows her. She wanted to go in. <laughs> and all of a sudden she's like, we can work this out. <laughs> um, and and, and, and I'm, I'm sharing that story not so much to focus on the infidelity, but I'm sharing that the peace of God trumped that situation. Amen. 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 There's sometimes your flesh wants to react. But you have to allow that peace to overcome. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you to allow that peace. It says, let the peace of Christ um, be like an umpire over your heart and your mind. Let that peace govern, let that peace govern your life. Let peace be the, the mark of your life. Let peace be what you're all about. Amen. And so we see from the scripture that this that the peace of God, the scandalous peace of God trumps all circumstances, trumps all understanding. When the circumstances are telling you to, that you should be going crazy, that peace is telling you to be rest, to rest in the assurance of Christ as your Savior, to rest in the promises of God, to rest in the faith of God, to rest in the love of God, allowing that peace to be scandalous to your circumstances. Amen. Amen. And we know that the scripture tells us that Jesus is the prince of peace. Uh, and what God did in Christ is far greater than what Satan did in Adam. God's peace is a weapon against the stresses of life. His peace. It's like if you get like um, there's some things that are slippery, right? It's just it's, it's, it's like slime and it's slippery. That peace will make you just slide through that circ those circumstances like it's like effortless. <laughs> that peace will just will cause you to slide through life, though you may have some troubles. It won't touch you. Amen. And when John's talk about how the evil one not touching you, he's not saying that the enemy, enemy won't try to bring some attacks against your body, against your life, against your marriage, against your relationships. But what he's saying is that peace will sustain you through that. It's as if he can't touch you. Amen. Let's go to um, Levit Leviticus, Leviticus 26. Thank you, Lord. I mean, oh, thank God for the peace of God, this God's scandalous peace. I mean, it's, a, it's an offense to Satan. How can you be so calm when life is treating you so bad? How can you deal with life with the peace of God? Though we are going through the same things that the world is going through, his peace keeps us. Luke, I mean, Leviticus 26, verse 6 says, I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none shall be, make you afraid. I will remove harmful beasts from the, from the land, and the sword shall not go through your land. You shall, chase, you shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall chase ten thousand, and your enemies shall fall before you. And by the sword, and I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply you, and you will confirm my covenant with you. Look at verse 6. I will give you peace in the land. How many know that we need some peace in this land? There's a, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we need peace. Amen. Though it's, it's all around of us, and some of you, you all have received, uh, actually got coronavirus, but it didn't take you out. <laughs> His peace. His peace. Amen. 
Go, go with me to um, Psalm, 80, Psalm 85. Psalm 85. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 85. Thank you, Jesus. This peace of God. Psalm 85, and let's look at verse 8. Psalm 85, verse 8 says, Let me hear what, what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. Let them not turn back to folly. How many know that God is speaking peace? He's speaking peace to your soul, peace to your mind, peace to your money, peace to your relationships, peace. Whatever you're going through, he is speaking peace to it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Go, go with me to Psalm, oh, actually, I think it's Psalm 32. Actually, no, it's not. It, it, it is Psalm 31. Let's, let's see if I'm right. Psalm 31. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God's peace is, God is speaking peace to us. Actually, it's Psalm 37. I got you all over the Psalms. Psalm 37, let's take a look at this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 37. We see from verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and befriend faithful, faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. As we see through this psalm, we see that God has, has promised many things. Verse 23, the steps of a man are established or ordered by the Lord when he delights in his way. How many know that the Lord is ordering your steps? He's ordering your steps into his peace. Glory to God. God is all about peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And then we jump down. He says, though he fall, he shall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for his bread. How many know that God will not see the righteous, his people forsaken? We're not begging for bread. Glory to God. We're not begging for a covenant. We're not begging for a relationship with him. He has provided that relationship in Christ Jesus. It says he is even lending generously and his children become a blessing. And it goes on, talks about turn away from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever for the Lord loves justice. He shall not forsake his saints. They, were, they are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off, and the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. And it says, the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. In the law of his God, it is in his heart, and his steps do not slip. And it talks about the, righteous, the wicked watches for the, righteous and, for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. For the Lord will not abandon him to his power, or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Glory to God. Verse 37 is where I want to go. It says, mark the blameless. Behold the upright. For, for there is a future for the man of peace. There, King James says there is a mark the upright. Mark the blameless. For the end of that man is peace. Is peace. The end of your life is peace. Shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Go with me to Numbers, Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. 
The end of your life is peace. That's your future. Proverbs 4 says the, the path of the just shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. How many know that your future is bright? Amen. Amen. It's going to get better and better. Amen. A year from now, you'll be in a better place. Amen. And a, a decade from now, you'll be in a better place. Come on. That's, that's the hope of the righteous. Yes. Yes. Not saying everything's going to be perfect, but you should be growing in that grace and that peace and that knowledge and that love and that patience and the fruit of the Spirit. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. This is the Aaron's blessing the, the Lord gave to Moses. Verse 22, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, and you shall say to them, and this is what the blessing is, The Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall, that, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So here's the scripture, this blessing that, that Aaron is blessing the people of God, saying the Lord will bless you. How many know when the Lord blesses you, Satan can't curse you? You can't curse what God has blessed. You're too blessed to be cursed. Stop worrying about generational curses. Start walking in the blessings. The blessing of Abraham is yours. Amen. That blessing is part of your life. That's part of your inheritance. That's who God made you to have. He, he called you to have this. For the Lord bless you and keep you. How many know that he'll keep you? He's a keeper. He's, he's kept you through this pandemic. Amen. You're not homeless. You got food at, at your house. You may not have everything you like, <laughs> but you got food. Amen. Amen. God is good and is faithful. The Lord gave you some money during this pandemic, didn't he? <laughs> Stimulus checks. <laughs> Who have ever imagined government giving money out? Glory to God. The Lord keep you and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord is gracious. He'll lift up the countenance upon you and give you peace. That word peace is shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken. God's peace be upon you this week. As you go throughout the week, even as you go home, God's peace be upon you, spirit, soul, and body. May his peace overshadow you. May his peace be what you walk in. That peace, may, may there be peace on your mouth, peace on, in your mind, peace in your heart, peace in your life. Though there might be some craziness at your job, there's peace all around you. Amen. The Bible says when, when your ways please the Lord, he'll make even his, your enemies at peace with you. So your enemies can't help but bless you. <laughs> Just like he did, they did the children of Israel. They, Pharaoh blessed the children of Israel as they were walking out of Egypt. How I many know the enemy, God will turn the enemy's heart away from a heart of wrath to a heart of peace towards you? You know, and sometimes what happens is even on a job or different situations, you talk about different bosses and they're like a supervisor. You're like, oh, they're real hard on you. Well, that might be the case for them, but that's not has to be, it doesn't have to be the case for you. 
your, you know, I remember one time I had a boss and she was, she was the devil incarnated. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. She did some evil stuff. She would do things all the time. But my experience was the opposite of everybody else. She liked me and she didn't even know why she liked me. I don't even know why I'm giving you this extra money, extra opportunity for you to provide for your family, but I just, I'm going to do it. And she was evil towards everybody else. How many know that that's the peace of God? God's working things out. So it, it doesn't really matter if somebody says, you know, this person is hard to work with. It may be true, but it's not the truth over your life. Because God will give you favor with them. And God will change their heart towards you. And next thing you know, you're working with them. You're like, oh, this is the easiest thing in the world. And then they go work for somebody. They, they work with somebody else, and then they have a bad experience. God's peace on you. God wants to bless you with his peace. Bring peace upon your children. Peace in their lives. Peace in their minds. Though your things may be going on in your mind, let the peace of God be your, be your thoughts. That scripture, Isaiah, can't help it, but let's go over there. Isaiah 26 real quick. Isaiah 26. Then I'm going to share, from going back to Philippians 4, how to maintain this peace. Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. This gospel is the gospel of peace. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 26. Let's look at this. Verse 3 it says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Amen. You keep him in perfect peace. God should be running throughout your mind throughout the week. He should be running through your mind like, wow, wow. Let, let me get some words in my mind so I can be thinking thoughts after his thoughts after him. Let, his mind, let him run through your mind constantly. Don't let worry run through your mind, but let God's word run through your mind. He should be running through your mind, always running. Oh, you're thinking about God. You're God conscience. You're more conscious of God than you are your circumstances. You're thinking about God all the time. Oh, God, I just want to please you. Oh, my heart, my attitude, is this pleasing to you, God? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, the meditations of my heart, what I'm thinking about when no one else, my, my secret thoughts, my secret motives. God, let, 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 that, let you be king over that. May peace be the center of my thoughts. And it says, you keep him in perfect peace. The word perfect means mature. You keep him in mature peace. That peace of God will mature in you. The, old, the more you walk with Christ, that peace will continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. Five years from now, you got more peace than you've ever had in your life. Ten years from now, you have more peace. That peace should continually grow in your life until the day you go and see Jesus. Amen. The love of God should continue to grow in your life. And more and more, by the end of your life, you should be so full of compassion. When people touch you, love comes out. <laughs> Glory to God. Love comes out. Patience and peace and self-control. You're more disciplined than you were when you got saved. <laughs> Amen. You know, there, there, it's a problem with Christians when they're not growing. We're not, not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, growing in the things of God. I'm not saying things that get easier, but, but your character should be become, becoming more and more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see Jesus walking in peace all the time. He knew, that the, 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 he knew that his enemies were after him. 
And one time he just slid through the crowd. <laughs> they, they went to go pick up some rocks to stone him, and he just slid right through it. He said, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not my time. I'm out. <laughs> and they didn't even know he was gone. The peace of God should be like that in your life. Amen. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Glory. Get anything, anything out of this? Amen. 2 Corinthians, let's look at verse 4. See, sometimes when people hear us teach about faith and believing God and using our faith, what happens is some people think that we're preaching a trial-free life. You have never heard me talk about a trial-free life. No, no, you're going to have some trials. <laughs> there's some tribulations. There's some hardships. The Bible tells us to endure hardships as a soldier, and we're to endure hardness, that there's some things that we're going to go through. But those things don't define us. Amen. Let's look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's look at verse 7, starting with verse 7. But we have this treasure in jar clay, jars of clay to show that the surpass. The surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way. This is Paul, man of faith, who raised people from the dead, who healed the sick, who walked with, who saw Jesus in a vision, he, who planted churches around the, the area, and yet he says we are afflicted in every way. Sound like, uh, doesn't sound like a trial-free life, right? But not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen. See, there's going to be some things that's going to come against you. There's going to be some pressure from the outside world coming. In. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. <laughs> Don't think that, uh, you know, those people that, oh, they're Christian and everybody likes them. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's look at it. You're going to have some haters. But God is going to keep you in the midst of the hate. <laughs> Amen. That peace of God, that scandalous peace, that peace that is the fence to Satan will be on your portion. Amen. Amen. So here Paul is saying, though we're going through bad times, though we're afflicted, at one point he was of stone and left for dead. And it was not like the little pebbles that we see. But these are big, bold, bolder stones that they stoned him to the point where it affected his eyesight at one point. That the churches at Galatia wanted to give Paul their eye <laughs> because he, he had an effect, affliction from the persecution. People say, well, he's a man of God. Why did he get stoned? Well, that's part of the walk. Amen. We live in a country where we have freedom. Right. But in other countries, people are fighting for their life when they have a Bible study. It's a forsake when they become a pastor. It's a they, they're, they're laying down their lives and they have underground churches in different places like China and the Middle East. There, there's people who are, there's some missionary friends over in the Middle East who when they send me an email, they said, don't respond back. Don't say anything because uh, they're watching our emails. And they're risking their life every single time that they meet together. And, and, and the woman, she actually went to school to get a degree to be a teacher so she can teach English as a second language so she can spread the gospel. Her and her husband are pastors over there, but she's a, in the daytime, she's a teacher. <laughs> so God used her education to, get the, to open the door, and then she's doing the work of the kingdom 
and a way of pastoring people and helping them get saved and filled. And they're risking their life every time they meet. Amen. And I believe he's doing like he's teaching um, like farming and different stuff just to kind of these are ways in which, you know, and they're helping people that way, too. They're, they're doing ministry that way. But what the, the, call, the real call is they're preaching, pastoring people and walking with them. But we live in a country where we have freedom. But even the freedom is being threatened. You know, um, even, you know, think about the different things that they're pushing forth in, in Netflix and different um, channels and so forth. We have to guard against. Those things will rob you of your peace. Trials and tribulations are not meant to make you strong, but they're meant to destroy you. Go with me to Mark 4 as we end. Mark 4, and I'll tell you next week how to maintain your peace. <laughs> Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4. Let's go over there. Here's the parable that Jesus is teaching. We're talking about scandalous peace. God's scandalous peace. His peace is scandalous. It's an offense to the works of the enemy. I mean, just the fact that you can have peace when you should be going crazy. Amen. <laughs> like the things of this life, the pressure should make you lose your mind, but his peace is sustaining you. Mark chapter 4, a familiar scripture. It says, again, he began to teach besides the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him so that he got, this is verse 2, and so he got into a boat and sat in the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fe fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprung up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away, and other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let me just say this, a, a side note. Watch what you're hearing. Because what you hear is connected to your peace. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Amen. So you got to watch what you hear. Because you know somebody can say something to you and make you fearful. Yeah. I'm going to give you a story. <laughs> so I was in like eighth grade. I was at, um, at Trenton Junior Number 2. Trenton, y'all call it Trenton. Trenton Junior Number 2. <laughs> so they had like, at the time they had different junior high schools all around Trenton. And so you have, like, um, West, the West Junior, I forget which junior high school that was, but in the West Trend, that was, like, the nice area because it's by Ewing. Um, and it's, like, it was real nice. Like, it was, like, lower middle class. And then you have the East Side, where, which I was for. That's, like, poor, lower, lower, lower class. <laughs> and so we were junior two, and in junior two, we had to take these it was in eighth grade. We had to take this test, and I prayed about the test. I prayed in tongues over the test, and um, even as an eighth grader, and I'm like, you know, they say, if you don't pass this test, you don't go to the ninth grade. And so this girl, I don't know why she did this, 
But she came up to me. She said, oh, you know, you know, you didn't pass the test, right? <laughs> and, and so she's like, I just overheard the counselor. And they said, you didn't pass the test. And I was like, huh, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm going to have to repeat. I'll never repeat in a grade. And so I, I was sad. I was like, man, what am I telling my parents? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I, at the time, we didn't have cable. And because uh, they didn't want cable to be part of it. And then I went away to college and they, had, they got cable. I don't understand that. <laughs> and so, and like, I was just like really confused. I was like, and so I went to talk to the counselor, and the counselor was like, oh no, you, you did good. You're, you're like in the top five. I'm like, what? But what she said to me shook me. So you got to be careful what you hear. All right, let's get back to Mark 4. So jump down to verse 13. And he says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So the sower sows the word. So today I'm the sower. You represent the grounds, the different grounds. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown when they hear Satan immediately comes to take away the word that is sown in them. So once you hear the word, have you ever noticed that whatever you hear, whatever I preach, that's what you're tested on? So if I preach about prayer, you're tested in your prayer life. If I teach about love, you're tested in your love life. If I teach about giving, you're tested in your giving. And so here, you're going to be tested in your peace. And so Satan comes immediately to test you on the word that you hear. He wants to see if the word has taken root in your life. So you can expect to be tested in peace. Peace, your peace will be tested on. So you got to think about the church as being a place, as a hospital. A lot of people like to say that. It's a hospital, and we know that that's true. But it's also a classroom. It's where you're being taught. Guess what? When you have a test and a trial, you, don't, you, know, you may know that that test is coming, but you got to prepare for that test. And so as you're in church being equipped with the Word of God, a test is coming. There's going to come a time where you got to put to practice what you've learned. Otherwise, you won't ever use those faith muscles. You know, a lot of people, they want faith. They read and they study. I want faith. I want faith. I want faith. I want faith. Oh, I got to have faith. I got to have, I want the power of God. And then when there's an opportunity to exercise your test, your faith, to exercise your muscles, your faith has to be released. And it's released through what you say and how you live. And so as you get ready for that test, that test is coming. That, that exam is coming your way. <laughs> so you need to not only hear the word, you need to receive it and practice it every day. So when that test comes, you can overcome it. Amen. And here we go. He says, and so the Satan immediately comes to take away the word. Verse 16. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it. Oh, yes, you're preaching, pastor. And they have no root in themselves. But endure for a while. Then when what? Tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So why do trials and tribulations come your way? For the sake of the word. For the sake of the word. Your tr trials and tribulations will come for the sake of the word. So the more word you know, 
the more trials you can expect to have. I've never said that or heard that. The more word that you know, and when I say no, I mean, I mean walking in, embracing it. The more word of God that you know, the more, the greater the trials. I'm going I'm to I'm show you this in a minute. Um, it, it continues, it says, let's jump down, verse 18. And others are the ones sown among thorns, and the, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those who, that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I don't know about you, but I want 100-fold. 100-fold walk with God. I want that word working in my body, 100-fold of the word, that word working in my finances, that word working in my mind, that word working in my peace. Come on. That, that word working in my love walk. A hundredfold walk with God. So the more words you know, the greater the test. And I'm going to show you this from scriptures and then we'll call it a day. Second Corinthians. Let's go over there. Second Corinthians. This is not even in my notes. Second Corinthians. Thank you, Lord. Second Corinthians. We're going to take a look at this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's jump down to this. Let's just start with verse 6. Though if I should wish to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will not be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing, surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. So here, Paul, who had an abundance of revelations, because of his revelations, a thorn in his flesh was given to him. And what was his thorn? A lot of people don't know what it is, but it tells you right there. A messenger of Satan to harass me. So this thorn in the flesh was wherever Paul went, the devil stirred up persecution, stirred up the people to persecute him. So imagine he went from church to church to church to church, and every city he went to, every church he went to, the, the Satan showed up to, to influence the people. So the greater... The revelations, the greater the knowledge of the word, the more the opportunities to get impatient, the more opportunities to, to, to the trials become greater. I don't know anybody who had more trials than Paul. He had a lot of trials, a lot of tribulation. And so today I want you to understand that the, the peace of God is your portion. That as you go throughout this week, you have peace everywhere you go. Peace in your mind, peace in your bed, peace in your sleep, peace on your job, peace in your car, peace in the bus, peace as you walk, uh, peace everywhere, everywhere you go. May the peace of God overshadow you. May the Lord give you peace, peace right now. So I want you to close your eyes. 
Raise your hands up and just say, I receive the peace of God. May peace be my portion. My, may my children experience nothing but peace. Though trials may come, it shall not take me over. The peace of God is my portion. I receive peace. Peace is mine in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just thank God for his peace. May the peace of God overshadow you now. May you have a God-filled, peaceful week. May peace be your portion for this week. May you have uncommon peace, peace to keep you in the midst of a trying week, peace to keep you in the midst of a trying month, peace to keep you in the midst of a, of a trying pandemic. May peace be your portion. May you come out of this pandemic with greater peace than you ever had in your life. Peace in your money. Peace in your body. Peace. The prince, may the Prince of Peace distribute his peace to you this morning. May he, I see Jesus distributing peace. Peace. Walking up and down this church and distributing peace to you. Peace be yours. Peace be still. Peace. Peace in your mind. Peace in your body. Every dis-ease. See, a dis-ease, a disease, a sickness is a distress. It's, 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 it's something out of peace. Something that is missing. And that's the peace of God. May peace be your portion. Receive peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May the power of God transform your life. May you have a mind of peace, a body of peace, a money full of peace. Oh, thank you, Lord. Every part of your relationships, though they may be disturbed, other people may be disturbed, but your peace never is disturbed. Not, not, nothing missing and nothing broken. Shalom is your portion. May, may your life be marked with the peace of God. In the name of Jesus, receive peace today. Receive peace. If you're here, you don't know Jesus or in a backslidden condition, want to receive Christ, Every eye closed, every head bow. Be bold enough and raise your hand that says, that's me. I want, I want this peace. I want this peace now. Is there one here want to receive peace today? Is there one peace with God? It's the greatest peace you can ever have. From that peace comes the rest of the peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May your portion this week be filled with peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's give God some praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Listen, um, I want to give you a, a open. The doors of the church, church are open. If you're looking for a church home and you say, I, I want to make KLM my church, I want you to be bold enough, brave enough to raise your hand. Say, that's me. I want to join this church. This is my church. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you, Lord. All right. I want you all to have a wonderful day, wonderful week. May your week be filled with peace. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. 
God bless you.